0: Philippians 2 and verse 2. Philippians 2 verse 2 says, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Verse 1 starts off like this. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ. Other translations say, if there's any fellowship in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Holy Spirit, if any affection and mercy. Then, verse 2 Fulfill my joy by being like minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Father, may you be pleased. to reveal yourself some more as we look at your most holy word thank you God that these words these texts are not just words on a page they're not dead but they are alive because you my king are alive so we believe that in faith And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to continue to have your way with us. In Jesus' mighty and strong name, Amen. So Paul continues to um, encourage his uh, friends in Philippi. In the first part of this verse, Paul appealed to unity through like-mindedness and love. Today here we'll see that he will continue his plea with the third and fourth characteristic of unity. So he starts off by saying, For full my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, today, being of one accord of one mind, being of one accord, this phrase means co-souled, it's two souls walking together, two souls in alignment, this is unity of sentiment, a unity of life and love, Which is what we experience, what we are called to experience as his children. As we worship him, as we walk together, he calls us to walk in unity. As two souls, as two lovers, as it were, walking along together in agreement. Christians, you and I should have souls that are in harmony. I just love how Jesus works. Ah, he just comes and blesses us with his presence and his spirit and as we worship him so he is glorified that's our duty to to continue worshiping him even in times of distress we don't just worship him because things are going well we have to worship him because he does not change because he is consistent because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever will be. He does not change. So whether we are faced with difficulties or good stuff in life, he still remains the same. And that gives us confidence, as his children here on earth, to worship him regardless. A common disposition will follow from the unity of thought and affection. This is symphony. You know, I've got, I'm sure you guys have seen and, and seen the orchestra when you get the conductor going and there's someone playing that instrument and this one playing that, and collectively they make beautiful music. I'm sure even those who don't really appreciate and understand how music works will probably sit there and just be finding awe because there's harmony. When the instruments are combined—a piano, a guitar, a drum, a violin—and all sorts of lovely stuff—it's a symphony. The the spiritual life, the Christian life, should actually look like a like a symphony, a symphony of soul, the unity of believers walking together, despite all the distraction, despite all the things that might come and try to sway us away. We should be all united. Paul appeals to his friends in Philippa. God, through his spirit this morning, appeals to us as believers to be found in unity, to throw away the little things that bring disunity, the little dispositions that cause us to just not like each other because perhaps of our opinions. Uh, understand that if if a note is struck by the piano, correct me, musicians, if I am incorrect here, the same note will answer when in key with another instrument. So the piano with a note that agrees with a drum or the the guitar uh, will agree with each other. And because they agree with each other, it comes out with beautiful music. Uh, I've heard, I'm not a muser, but I've heard when um, perhaps something has gone wrong. In fact, maybe the key is, out of, is out of key or out of tune. Man, it doesn't sound so pleasing. It doesn't sound so pleasing. See, everything has its note. A piano has its note. A drum has its note. A uh, violin has, it, has its notes, and those notes need to agree. They need to come together and be in a, in a, in a symphony, uh, to, together creating good and pleasing music to our ears. Musical instruments are quite sensitive. I use musical instrument because that's the best analogy that I can think of. Because, I mean, when you, when you understand it, it you, we appreciate good Music. And they're quite sensitive and readily can get out of tune. They can get out of tune. My wife is a piano teacher and uh, she'll often, or not often, every now and again she will tell me, my piano is out of tune. I need to get the the the, the, uh, the professional, someone to come and tune it. And then she will be playing. I'm like, I don't hear it, it being out of tune. And she's like, it's out of tune. <laughs> Um, and I would imagine if she played w- with other pianos, with other instruments, and her piano was out of tune, it'll bring like, some sort of um, misalignment. It won't be good music. A standard tuning instrument is necessary to keep instruments in harmony. So that piano needs to be tuned so that it can be in harmony with the other instruments, so that it, they can all produce good music for us to appreciate It's the same for us as Christians, believe it or not. We all need to be tuned. (laughs) Not tuned in the wrong tuning, I'm tuning you, but we all need to be tuned in to get aligned back to the Christian way that God has called us to walk. Our common tuning instrument is not from a a master who uh, who comes and tunes us, A common tuning instrument with each other is God himself. It's God himself. He is the master. He is the one who tunes our piano, our drums that are out of tune. He is the one who comes and tunes us so that we can be in tune together. And how does he do that? He calls us to... Be found worshipping him to, together or alone. He calls us to spend time with him in his word. As we are spending time with him in his word. So he's tuning our hearts. He's realigning us back to his heart. He calls us to be together. To listen to his word. To ask questions. To be honest before him. And if we do that, each individual keeps his or her life in tune with God. So I keep my life in tune with God, you keep your life in tune with God. We can be in tune with each other. If I'm in tune with God and you're in tune with God, together we can be in tune. If I'm in tune with God and you're not in tune with God, there will be a misalignment. You might be that piano that needs a bit of a tuning. Or I might be that. Our responsibility. And the key that we need to uh, realize is that we need to spend time with God. Through reading his most holy word. Through reading his most holy word. And this morning he reminds us of, of the story about Martha, Mary and Martha. As I said earlier. Martha was busy preparing, preparing, getting things in order, and there's time for that. But she found that to be more important than actually sitting at the feet of Jesus. Is that you this morning? Do you find your work, be it in in, um, ministry, as it were, or work, work? Is it vocation? Vocation is the word, not vacation. Vocation. Do you find that to be more important? Or do you find time? Do you make time to spend with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Do you sometimes make time? Because remember, something is always calling us out. Something is always attacking our time or taking our time. We have to make a decision. What are we going to give into? you? Time into our work, it's a good thing, it's a noble thing, it provides and all the rest. Time perhaps even with our family, it's a good thing, it, it bonds and all those things. But time with a father alone is far more valuable, far more precious than all these other things. And all these other things he's given to us, isn't he? The very family that we may be so caught up with, he is the one who gave them to us. The very work that you have, the very skills that you have and you use them, it's him. He is the author. Yet we find ourselves fixated or lost in those things rather than going to the giver of those things. I've heard it said that we, are not too, we should not be um, chasing after miracles. We shouldn't be chasing after um, healings and all these amazing things that we need. Actually, what we need to be chasing after is Jesus Christ. And as we chase after him, so these things might happen. And when they do, man, you just, your faith grows. Your faith grows. So we need to be tuned by God himself. We need to make time, and it's the most difficult thing. I know. I know. I work. I got a family, beautiful family. I have responsibilities. I, 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 I am privileged to be a part of this church and work in this church. So, time. There's always things pulling between my time. There's always, there's always this tug of war, as it were. Which one's gonna win? But I have to consciously make a decision. I am going to set time aside and be found at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to set time. It's hard. It's hard when everyone is sleeping and you wake up and go spend time with him. When you just want to sleep. Or the soccer is on and you can hear things are happening. And you want to go watch the soccer. But you know that you need to go spend time with him. And it's not out of legalistic being. God doesn't say, if you don't do that, oh, I didn't see you spending time with me, or I didn't see you reading my word, or you read my word, but you only read one verse. He doesn't say that. He just says, my son, my daughter, all I desire is for you to spend time with me. It's for you to spend time with me. However that looks like, it doesn't matter. He just wants your heart. If you go sit at his feet and worship him with one song, with your... your instrument is out of tune he still loves that if you sit before him and just have one verse that you recite or you meditate on he just loves it if you go and pray and pray one word he loves it it's not about spending three hours praying and shouting and going crazy because of religion it says that we gotta we look so holy if we're praying that much more now it's just all our desire mary is what I desire, what she did, spending time with me at my feet. And as you do that, I will tune you. I will realign my heart with, or your heart with my heart. That cannot happen outside of spending time with God. By miracle it can. God can come and do whatever he needs to do. He is the master of it all. He owns the whole universe, but he calls us. Remember, God does not uh, force himself on us. He does not interfere with our free will. It's hard for me to even understand it. The giver of life, the giver of your life does not interfere with your life. (laughs) He does not. He allows you to make that decision. So all these things clatter when the the tune is not there. When you are aligned with him, this is, discord will become lost in the orchestra of glorious praise to god all these other things that are calling our, our time those things will fade away and as we just worship our king they will fade away and he will receive his glory this is what he desires this is what he calls us to do as his children. He's given you life. And he says, I've given you life today. Today you decide. You decide. You either choose life or death. It's you, not him. You. By choosing life, is choosing to be with him. Choosing to engage with him. Choosing to draw from him. And as we are aligned with him, and we will be out of tune every now and again. But then that's why we need to be back. And that's why preachers and churches and people will, will, will call us to, to spend time with God. It's not out of religious uh, duty. It's not out of religious, oh, you need to read your Bible. Oh, I mean, I need to read other books too. It's, it, it, it's not because you have to. But because there is a benefit. And Jesus knows what the benefit is. That we are close to Him. We are aligned with Him. In fact, this church wouldn't exist if it wasn't for me. And I don't want to blow my trumpet as, as it were. If I did not spend time with God. If I did not spend time to, to search His heart. His spirit. And He said, Yes. This is what I have for you. You need to do it. And guess what? When I heard those words, man, nothing could stop me. Not COVID, no lockdown, no nothing. Why? Because he spoke the word. I was aligned. I was in tune with him. And the rest is history. For his glory. For his glory. And Paul comes to the end of this um, uh, verse so he starts off, as I said, from, uh, uh, by saying, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Let's be like-minded. Having the same love for one another and for the things that God has given to us and enjoying them, allowing the opportunity to enjoy them because condemnation does not come from Christ. You have a promotion, perhaps, and you're able to buy a car. But then condemnation says, oh, no, you shouldn't buy a car uh, because there are others who don't have cars. Jesus says, "I have given you the ability and the means to be able to do that, to buy a car, buy and enjoy it. I've given it to you. Yes, use it as best as you can for my glory, but enjoy it. I've given it to you. Enjoy it. And then, being of one accord, and then lastly, of one mind, we come to the last of the fourfold uh, result of Paul's fourfold." appeal to unity remember this whole scripture is calling the believers in philippa to be united to be united and he's trying to help them understand how are they to be united because it's one thing to for me to say come on friends or family be united uh, but he does not smile so nicely at me um or he doesn't look at me very how are we to be united so paul gives away through the word of God, by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, and of one mind. Of one mind. When he says of one mind, it means to think one thing collectively. Christians are to think the same one thing in harmony with one another. But we're not robots. We're not uh, clones or, you know, Left, right, and you think. and we You know, it's not like that. It's not like that. It doesn't mean that you think the same content from a human point of view. That's why Corinthians, God tells us uh, that uh, he's, we are the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is, is made up of different parts. Right? It's made up of different parts. Can we imagine if we are all heads? <laughs> that would be quite uh, interesting heads floating around or we were all eyes or noses or mouth or legs life will be so boring jesus says we are the body of christ we have different gifts we have different talents i've come brought you together collectively so that we can be unified for his glory you'll bring your your nice head you'll bring your nice eye or your finger or your nose your, you let's bring them together in in tune together bring glory and praise to the one who's given you the very eyes that you have the very gifts that you have it does not mean that everyone is supposed to hold the same opinion it does not mean that we all have to have the same opinion and we know that opinions actually, we allow those opinions to bring disunity, don't we? we were talking earlier this morning. We said, I think it's hundred percent of all different denominations in church history were created because of difference of opinion. Difference of opinion. Oh, these ones don't believe in the in the in the gifts, or these ones don't believe in in. Um, uh, walking in the spirit or reading the word of god or you have got to pray four five six times a, uh, a day uh, there are different opinions and because i don't i'm part of this church but i don't i believe it should this should be happening and it's not happening well then guess what i'm gonna go start my own church i'm gonna go start my own movement i'm gonna go start my own denomination because i don't agree i don't see what that's and i don't agree Yes, God has given us a spirit of wisdom. We need to have wisdom. But Paul himself in uh, in, uh, Philippians says to the Philippi people, his friends, do not be so caught up with these things. There are people among you in this region who are preaching the word of God from selfish motives, from wrong motives. He says, don't be so bothered and concerned about them. Actually, what you need to be concerned about is Jesus Christ. Him crucified and Him raised to life. That is what counts. And so if these people are preaching that Jesus crucified and Jesus raised to life from a place of wrong motives, Paul says, it's okay. Do not worry about them. God will deal with them. So for us this morning, in the churches, the circles that we're around in, our families, churches we've grown up with, whatever the case might be, you go and you're like, ah, I don't like that. Uh, something does not agree. Well, the question is, are they preaching the word of God? Are they preaching the word of God? And Paul, uh, the Holy Spirit, will remind us this morning, it's okay, he will deal with them. The only time that we have to stand up and start fighting or engaging in some sort of defense is when we distort the gospel. When the gospel is distorted. I mean, he says it in, in Galatians that he calls fire from heaven to curse, to fall down on those who distort the gospel. So why do we get so caught up with these things ourselves today? Well, oh, that denomination does not do the way things are supposed to be. Done. Okay. Are they preaching the word of God? Are people getting saved? Are people moving forward? Yes. Well, then leave them alone. In fact, what we ought to do is to pray for them. Pray for them that the work of God will continue. If there are things that need to be opened up, eyes need to be opened up, we pray that their eyes will be opened up and God will reveal His his, uh, truth. Revelation will come to to pass. Why? Because He is concerned about His gospel. And it's given you and I the task, the awesome privilege to do that. And it's not just one person standing in in front of the pulpit on a Sunday. It's an everyday thing. It's an everyday thing. At work, in our marriages, wherever we find ourselves, there are choices every day that we have to make. And for each choice, there's a consequence. That consequence is um, up to you and I. Today I give you the words of life. Choose life or death. You decide. Today you have a choice to sin or not. Sin and you will reap the consequences of that sin. Choose not to sin and you will reap the consequences of not sinning. The benefits of of not. And if it does happen and you do sin, Amen. we are to run to the throne room of heaven in repentance and say, God, I'm so sorry. I have messed up. He says, It's okay, my daughter. It's okay, my son. I have already forgiven you. There's no condemnation. Oh, you're a Christian, but you talk like that. The enemy comes and says, how can you think like that? Condemnation. Jesus says, you're mine. I forgave you before you even did that. Messes with my head. But opinions are okay. Your different opinion to my opinion is okay. That's what makes you and I unique. We have to be unique. We have to be different. It does not mean that everyone is to interpret everything the same way. This means that we are to think as Christ thinks. Your opinion, my opinion, no different opinion, nose, eyes, ears, hair, head, whatever, all different, but we are to think like Jesus thinks. That is what makes us um, united. That's what makes us in one accord. That's what tunes us, puts a music into a symphony. That is what we we ought to do. Um, after all, we have the mind of Christ, as one Corinthians two sixteen tells us. It says, "For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him?" Who? Who has known the mind of the Lord? But we Christians have the mind of Christ. Do you believe that? That this morning you have the mind of Christ in you. That's a powerful tool to actually believe in. That you have the mind of Christ. You, got, you remember those um, wristbands that were so popular, I don't know how many years ago. What would Jesus do? Remember those? Oh, man, there was a time where they were just Everywhere, every second person, uh, every first person in the Christian world had them. What would Jesus do? And um, the idea of the wristbands was good, and it's still good. What would Jesus do? But it is impossible for the man who is not regenerated, the man who does not know God, to do that which Jesus would do, to know What to do? What would Jesus do in this situation? It's impossible for a man who does not know Christ. Paul quotes that um, Isaiah 40 verse 13. That scripture. He quotes it from Isaiah. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he should instruct him? But we, Christian friends and family, we have the mind of Christ. Who of us is in a position to criticize God? <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a deep question, isn't it? Who of you here have the, 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 a position to criticize God? Who? Things have gone wrong in your life, in your understanding. You criticize God. Do you have the right? Do you have the means? Can you? Who can understand God's secrets? Job. Remember the story of Job? Man, he went through all sorts. But in the beginning, God said to the devil, Have you considered my son? Have you considered him? That's a privilege. That's a privilege that God would say that of Job. Have you considered him? Go, but do not touch his soul. That's a privilege. Has God spoken that over you? As he said, have you considered my daughter? Have you considered my son? And then these things happen. Life happens. And then we start to criticize God. Yet we don't understand the secret things of God. And later in Job, I think it's in Job uh, chapter 40, God answers after the discourse between Job and his friends. And And God says to him, Who are you? Where were you when I created the universe? when I've uh, uh, put the, the, the bounds between ocean and earth, where were you? And the same would be for us today. Whatever you're going through, I do not take it lightly. There might be difficulties, and I know there probably are difficulties. But the question I have is, who are you? Or where were you when God created everything? When you do not understand what's going on, do you have the right to question God? No one has the right because God is above it all. We don't understand. I don't understand why things happen the way they do. But I do know one thing, that God remains the same. He remains good. He remains faithful. And some of the answers that I'm looking for, I will not get them in this life. But it's okay because this life is temporary anyway. But one day I will, I will understand. And I don't even think some of those answers that I'm looking for will be so worth my efforts. When I get to heaven, it will be just so glorious that I will just be found lost in His presence. So God would ask us, Who created you? Who brought you into this earth? The enemy would say to you, you were born out of wedlock, or you you you're a mistake, or this and that. That is utter rubbish. The Word of God says that before you were created, He knew you. Before you were formed in the, the womb, your mother's womb, He foreknew you. You are not a mistake. Not a mistake. We have to believe the Word of God. But you cannot believe the Word of God if you're not spending time understanding and learning the Word of God. This is where we get aligned. This is where we get tuned. In the right sense of being tuned. So you know one among the clever people of this world. The pe- clever, clever people of this world. The great philosophers. That we know of. Or read about. No one. answer the great questions of life they've come with all sorts of ideas we've studied we've learned but those don't hold any weight but for you my brothers and sisters you christian you have some sort of understanding you have the ability to understand something why do i say that well because he You and I have been given the Holy Spirit. We've been given the Holy Spirit. He knows God's way of salvation. We know God's way of salvation. You cannot uh, explain to an unbeliever salvation is through one man, Jesus Christ. You just repent, confess Him as Lord um, of your life, and you're saved. It makes absolutely no sense. But unless the Holy Spirit is in you and opening up your mind, it won't make any sense. You and I have experienced God's wisdom. The unbeliever does not have God's wisdom. You and I have the mind of Jesus Christ regarding the things of God. So what would Jesus do? Only the Christian can actually answer that. What would Jesus do? Only the Christian can answer that. No, no, no philosopher, no unregenerated mind can answer that. They can try, but they cannot answer, truly, what would Jesus do? This is why Jesus, as I said earlier on, acknowledged Mary's action, the way she served him by sitting at his feet. Versus mother, trying to get things in order, trying to get prepare the house, make the house, make sure that it's neat, it's clean. The projector is going. The the words are right. This is the, uh, the, the preacher's ready. We we just so busy, busy. Mary just sat at the feet of the Father, and just received, and just enjoyed the presence of Jesus Christ, which is what we are called to do. So. For us as Christians, we should have harmony of souls with each other. I say harmony of souls. Not um, identical, I think like you think, or you think like I think. But there should be some harmony of our souls. Why? Because we have the mind of Jesus Christ. We have the mind of Jesus Christ. The content of our thinking should be the same as the Lord Jesus, because we have his mind. We have his mind. So Jesus says to us this morning it does not matter what you've been through. Oh, it does. But he's saying to you this morning just sit at my feet. Just be found at my feet. Just make time for me. Just make time for me. All oh, I want is to be with you. All, and, and often we will go to him as Christians, who of us have been serving him for a long time, and we want a download. We got questions from A to Z, to Z and we want answers. C- can I encourage us so that when you go to Christ, let me make time for him? If he says nothing, if he doesn't answer any of your questions, will he still be found at his feet? Will you, be, will you still be found at his feet? And one of the best ways, if you're hearing nothing because we want to hear something, to hear something through the, his word. Look at his promises. Look at what he says about you. If you're feeling down and you're less than, look at his word. He says, I created you. I knew you. Before I, you were formed, before I formed the earth, I knew you. I had you in mind. Then he says, actually, before I... Um, I put everything together. Before I brought you onto this earth, I had good works prepared for you. Why do we wonder that we are, uh, why do we think we are less than when the word of God says differently? So my encouragement this morning, my dear family, is let's make time to be found at feet, the feet of Jesus however that looks like it does not matter let's make time and when you make time do not go to Christ with all these expectations worldly expectations i wanna here just go spend time with him just go spend time with him and allow him to work and bring you into alignment with his heart because there's no way that we're able to understand the mind of God but for the Holy Spirit who searches the mind of God and testifies to us. Father, thank you that your word is alive. That you care so much for us, God, that you would remind us of the truth of your word. That you don't desire, Lord, our works. You've given us works which we are grateful for. And maybe you maybe do those works Lord, to, with, with a, a, a mindset that wants to bring glory to you, God. But Lord, you desire time with us. Time with us, Lord. As the world throws all sorts of things that are fighting for our time. God, may we put time aside just to be found with you in our day to day, Lord. And may it may not be religious. I've got to spend time. I've got to spend X amount of hours praying and reading the word. God, may it just be natural. Natural. While we driving, while we're sitting, while, wherever, God, I love you. Here I am. I thank you for the truth that you spoke in your word over my life. Thank you for the promises that you have for me. I speak them into life. Speak them. Speak them into life. I thank you, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you, Lord, that you're loving that you're just, that your mercy never ends, they are new every day. I thank you, Lord, for your genuine love for me. In Jesus' strong and mighty name I pray. Amen.